The simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Lynn Carson with a PhD in grain sciences. Sharing knowledge and helping you grow connections. You're listening to the Baked in Science Podcast. Welcome to Baked in Science. Today, I will be interviewing really cool people here at IFT 18, the annual convention for the Institute of Food Technologists. We will be discussing alternative proteins and how the scientific panel chooses the IFT hot topics. Hi, I'm your host, Lynn Carson, CEO of Bakerpedia the world's largest online depository of technical baking information. Bakerpedia can't happen without sponsors. So before we start, I would like to do a shout out to the Institute of Food Technologists, IFT. They are one of the largest events of its kind. IFT's annual event and food expo brings together science of food professionals and solution providers from around the globe. Representing all segments of the profession, all converging with the intention to inspire and transform collective knowledge into innovative solutions to advance our planet's food safety, nutrition, and sustainability. Learn more and be a member today at ift.org. Today we have Brendan Numera, a USDA research leader, and he is the chair of AMSPAP, which is the Annual Meeting Scientific Program Advisory Panel. Welcome, Brendan. Thank you. It's good to be here. Brendan, I have a question on what, what the AMSPAP do for IFT because it's a significant program. Sure. Well, each year, uh, in addition to the Food Expo, which is what you see on the floor with the vendors and, and, uh, and all the different booths, IFT runs a significant uh, component for scientific presentations. And AMSPAP is the annual meeting scientific program. And so what AMSPAP does is takes all of the potential submissions in different areas for food chemistry, food microbiology, food laws and regulations, sustainability, food microbiology, you know, et cetera. I heard that you have 21 yes. pathways at Yes, that? they are. I'm, I'm trying to remember oh them. Oh, my so, gosh. So I, I, I don't know myself. how you remember all that. Sure. Well, so, I'm, a, I'm a microbiologist myself. So okay, all of so the you others, have a track for micro- microbiology? We do. There's a food okay. microbiology track. And I was actually the, the lead of the food microbiology track before I became into the leadership of AMSPAP. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the way that it works is that you have volunteers from industry, from uh, government, and from academia you know, um, experts in their field who serve two years in each one of the tracks mm-hmm. as the vice lead for the track and then a year as the track. So within each of the divisions, different kinds of sessions are submitted, uh, potentially presenting scientific programming that would be of interest to IFT members. Mm-hmm. So these are ranked and rated by volunteers in each of the divisions, in each of the tracks. And then all of those rankings with detailed comments are collated by the track leads. They will then go through the comments and look at it and bring kind of the, the best of the best okay. to AMSPAP. Okay. So in each one of these tracks, each one of these scientific concentrations, they'll bring forward the ideas and the sessions that they think would be of most interest and would be of most value to IFT attendees and okay. IFT members who might you know, watch the sessions on video later on if they're not able to come to the meeting. That's true. So anything that the uh, panel decides on is definitely a um, hot topic for discussion. Well, you know, it's funny you say hot topic because we actually have a special 
a special <laughs> section called Hot Topics. Okay. And we, we have key members who have served on AMSPAP and who have okay. been in leadership positions in the past and who know the fields, who actually are tasked with coming up with ideas for hot topics, things that maybe we didn't get a submission on, things that we didn't get a suggestion for, mm -hmm. to make sure that we are not only covering the things that have been submitted and that we have all the ideas that have been proposed by people that want to do sessions, uh, but we also have things that are very forward-looking, late-breaking topics, uh, things that are coming down the pike. We want to make sure that are made available to IFT you know, members and attendees. So what AMSPAP does is they take all these ideas and then we put together the program. And so there are, we, you know, we only have three days, right? So there's only so much you can do yes, in those three days. That's true. Ideally, we would be able to cover everything. But, you know, sometimes you have, there's, let's say, three slots that might be available for one pro type of programming, say food engineering, five slots might be available for food microbiology, for flavors and ingredients, there might be six slots or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we look at the available sessions and then decide, okay, if you've got three slots that are available of the nine sessions that have been proposed, what do you think are the, the top three, the most relevant, the most valuable to give to the IFT members? Yeah, so the reason why I ask you the question is I want our listeners to understand how tedious the process is, oh, you right? Know, you know, and it's I, not an easy it, thing becoming a speaker is, or choosing a hot topic here easy, at IFT. Not at all. And, right? and, I would, and I would say, you know, actually, rather than being tedious, it's actually kind of a, it's, a, it's an interesting and it's a fascinating process. Really? But yeah, because <laughs> I tell you, if we were just getting you know the same old stuff and the That's same true. boring direct then it would be tedious because yeah, then you yeah. sort of have to pick the best of a bad lot and that is, <laughs> and that is not the case every year I've been I've been at for several years right. and each year there's always new things that are exciting and very wow. interesting and very engaging you look at the scientific program that we were able to put together this year. Yes, and you see it's very exciting. Lots and lots of cool right, things. Right. Um, some of the, the topics might be familiar to people, but we're bringing new information. And others, there's very new topics, things that would not have been on the IFT schedule years and years ago, such as, let's yeah, say. Yeah, give us an example. I'll give you a couple of examples. Right. People who've been, been to IFT in the past, you know, five years ago, you would not see any programming on cannabis edibles. No. Right? You're right. You're, okay. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, this is something that we have been discussing for a while. Right. I mean, it's just like one of those things that's living on the edge, you know, like insects and stuff like you, that. You what make you guys think that, okay, we should talk about this? We right? should talk about this stuff. Well, I, cannabis is maybe the cannabis edibles and, and sort of the nutraceutical regime, and maybe that's an idea for another podcast. But let's yeah. talk about proteins. We had a lot of different submissions and a lot of different tracks on proteins. So we had submissions from the food engineering track, let's say, talking about how do you formulate things, uh, how do you uh, do uh, extracting the proteins so you get usable stuff that can be incorporated into baked goods and into uh, other, other kinds of stuff. We had food chemistry. Uh, submissions on protein. We had food microbiology submissions on protein. We had sustainability submissions on protein. Oh, wow. And as we were going through this, okay. you know, because some of these forms of protein, especially alternative proteins, right. plant-derived or uh, cultured meat proteins or, or insect-based yep. proteins, mm -hmm. you know, have some key issues on sustainability, on what do they taste like? How do you use them? Do they bake the same? Do they, you know, the same kind of functionalities? Mm -hmm. Do they have other kinds of health benefits? Right. So as we were putting together programming, we were seeing all these different elements from other things. We realized, hey, this is the kind of topic that would really benefit from what we call a deep dive. Rather Correct. than, you know, kind of scheming the scheming, surface. Yeah. Right. Or a couple, you know, session here, session there, session, whatever. Let's put them all together. 
and then let's arrange for an opening session where somebody can frame the entire discussions and say, look, these are the key issues that you need to look at, right? You need to look at cost of production. Mm -hmm. You need to look availability. Yeah. If you are thinking of getting into this, you need, well, who are the suppliers? What's coming Correct. down the chain? What's the potential for, you know, when you're looking at liability issues yes, or, huge. Uh, for uh, pesticide residues right. or for adulteration or what are the laws surrounding production of, in, of insects? Let's say you want to yep. use plant-derived or you want to use insect-based or you want to use other things. What are the controlling regulations that would allow you to do this? Interstate regulations right. uh, as well. Right. Um, and then process validation, and, and then let's say you want to do this. How do you, I mean, you want to incorporate these different kinds of proteins. Mm -hmm. How do you do it so that your product at the end of the day looks good, tastes good, and is something that consumers want to buy? Right. So that is actually a very, very hot topic that surfaced on, on my radar in the last month, actually. Um, if our listeners can't come to IFT Expo, mm -hmm. where can they get the information regarding these regulations of proteins? Sure. All the presentations that are part of the IFT annual meeting will be recorded and they'll be available. If you're an IFT member, you can go to the IFT website, mm -hmm. you can watch them. Um, and then you, you know, all of the organizers and everything are, are very amenable to being contacted and to get more information. Great. Um, part of the thing that we're hoping to do in AMSPAP is to do webinars going forward yeah. so that we can take some of these key issues, some of the key topics and key learning points that have come out of this deep dive day for alternative proteins and then present it later on. Mm -hmm. And those then would be very interactive. So mm -hmm. you're on the webinar, you can ask specific questions that might be of interest to you and your company, or if you're part of a regulatory agency at the state level or uh, you know, even the federal level, you, know, you can share your information mm -hmm. and then you can provide information specifically to address uh, key questions. That's great. Um, what next for your panel? Well, of course. I mean, it's like well, this right, is like right your now, last IFT. hurrah, right? What do you do after? Well, that? IFT is ongoing right now, so right now I'm just enjoying IFT. Okay. I'm enjoying the day. I'm, I'm enjoying um, the, the the protein stuff. Enjoying all the other presentations that are ongoing that are related to my own specific area of research on cold plasma and making food safer. This food safety is right. what I do. Okay. Um, but you know what we'll do is after the meeting we will. I think uh, it's uh, July now. I think that it's in August. We get the first data on that. IFT tracks who attends which sessions, you know, nice. how many people are in each session, um, how long they stayed, whether they, they right. left in the middle and so on. We get demographic information on what Good. presentations are most interest to different kinds of people. So you actually get feedback we in do. terms of data on what topics were well attended and what wasn't. We do. In addition, that helps in, next year's programming? Absolutely. Okay. In addition to the feedback forms that people will fill out uh, saying, you know, their comments on particular sessions, um, there's some tracking data so we can know just where people went and how many people attended different kinds of sessions. Wow. And then okay. from that, we will know, hey, this topic was really, really important. We need to keep that in mind for yeah. next year's programming. Is this something that we need to revisit, maybe expand? Um, and then other topics, you know, if they were uh, attended, but you know, maybe not what we expected, then we might say, hey, maybe the landscape is shifting and we need to be nimble enough to respond to that shifting interest. That's and good make to hear. Right, and make sure that IFT 19 will give the kind of programming that will be of most value to people. Um, so when you come to IFT, there's a tremendous amount of science that's presented. I love that, yeah. Yep. And we always try to be very responsive to it. Yep. So next year, I'm gonna be the, um, the past chair 
uh, and I'll be helping E.B. Russell, who is going to be our yes, incoming chair. So shout out to well, E.B. Yeah. Uh, she's going to do a great job. She mm -hmm. was you know, terrific as the vice chair this year. Yeah. And then, you know, again, the same process is going to go on. People will submit potential programming. Mm -hmm. We'll take all that into uh, evaluation, that'll be assessed, and we'll take the cream of the crop and we'll put together a terrific program for IFT19. Nice. Um, what we've done for proteins this year is pretty much um, really uh, addressing the need for high-protein uh, food products in the field. And do you see a limit to what high-protein is or... Well, 100% protein is required <laughs> in any kind of food product or, you know, well, I, what's your take on that? Gosh, you know, I, I look at the way that alternative proteins are, I would say, in, in some cases replacing, in some places, in some cases uh, supplementing, uh, you know, kind of traditional protein sources in different kinds of areas. You know, you, you go to one particular food chain um, that makes these delicious little hamburgers. Well, now they're offering veggie sliders, mm -hmm. right, which is something that, you know, frankly, I don't know that I would have expected five years ago. Um, you see people want to incorporate whey protein, want to incorporate soy protein. Those are much more established in, in the market. Okay. Okay. But you are now also wanting to see people are wanting to incorporate things like other plant-derived proteins, like mm -hmm. pulse-derived proteins, um, Coming a little bit farther down the pike is the insect-derived right. proteins. Mm -hmm. Cultured meat, I would say, is another one that's you know that that's a little bit How farther. How far do you think cultured meat is available for the masses? Oh, I I, th I think it's hard to say. I know it's. That's a lot of regulations behind that. It's a it? lot of regulations. There's still a lot of science that has to be done for that. But when you look at where cultured meat was, say five or ten years that's ago, true. where it was just sort of. Ten years ago, it was, it was basically science fiction, right? Yeah. <laughs> Five years ago, it was a laboratory curiosity. Yes. Now, you actually have some startups that are trying to make it look good, taste good, and come out at a price point that could actually be used for real people yeah. and real companies. So what's it going to be five years from now, ten years from now? I think if you extrapolate from what we're seeing now, you will start to see that come on board. You will start to see that come out in, in applications. Like a lot of That's things, so neat. first thing you're going to see, it's going to be very niche applications. And then once you see that first to market stuff, um, some companies are gonna are gonna make it. Some pump some companies are gonna make their mistakes and they're gonna go out of the marketplace. But people will learn from those experiences and they'll and they'll go forward. Right, and and I I really want our listeners to know that's why I come here every year is because I see really some out of the box thinking and very niche mm -hmm. and also like way far, right? So, but it's all based on science and it's yep. accepted by science and that's why I come here. It's all science-based. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and I love the work that you're doing in terms of, you know, putting things through the pipeline and whatever comes out is like cream of the crop. Thanks mm. for talking to me about that process today. I have no idea. You bet. It is, it is definitely a very tough process so well it was uh, it was very enjoyable and when I walk the uh, when I walk the show floor and when I go up and I see some of these signs the sessions that are in there and in the poster sessions by the uh, by students and student researchers who of course are the future of food science research Great. Um, you know I'm just really pleased with all the work that uh, we've done I'm very proud of all the work that MSPAP did this year okay well thanks for the session Brendan oh you're very welcome Lynn it was my pleasure yep. I'll see you around on the show floor all right thanks bye 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 we take a break to thank IFT for bringing this episode to you. 
IFT's annual event and food expo brings together over 20,000 science of food professionals and solution providers. They come to share and learn about the latest innovation in the science of food. Learn more and become a member at IFT.org. Hi, Linda. Hi. We have Linda here today. Linda, or a contributing editor for Food Technology. Is that right, Linda? Yes, Food Technology Magazine. So what do you do, Linda? I uh, am contributing editor. I write a monthly column in Food Technology Magazine on nutraceuticals, so health and wellness. So you are very well aware of the trends and very well aware of new innovation and in- ingredients coming into this field. Yes, I try to stay on top of everything. <laughs> oh, that is so tough, you know. Um, how I got your name was I was looking through Food Technology and I was like this uh, section that said ingredients create healthy halos mm-hmm. um, and what interests me is healthy halos seem to be the constant theme for innovating new products mm-hmm. um, other than you know um, some of the fiber products you know probiotics what else do you see in terms of healthy halos right now in the industry fiber obviously yes is huge probiotics are huge um, Proteins obviously are big right now, whether it's for um, lean protein consumption. Okay. So why do you think protein is such a hot topic right now? It's just, it's a very universal ingredient or nutrient for all ages. So as an infant, as a child, you're looking at your protein intake to build your muscle as your body is developing. Teenagers and children, same thing. Your body is still developing, so you're trying to build healthy muscle mass. Um, As we get older, uh, there's a, as you age, some aging people are susceptible to sarcopenia where they're losing their muscle mass. Um, So so protein never goes away. You're always concerned about your protein consumption. So it's not just for athletes looking to build muscles. It's for all ages. Uh, so it's whether it's muscle development, muscle maintenance, they're trying to prevent muscle loss. Okay. Okay. Um, so can you tell me what are you seeing in this forefront of protein innovation? Um, so with proteins, you have your common... Um, Meat, meat proteins, obviously, meat protein, um, but when you're talking about lean protein, um, what's popular now are dairy proteins. Yeah. Um, whey protein, in particular, is um, very popular right now, and it's definitely it started in the sports industry where whey was thought of as being put into bodybuilding products. That's true. Yeah. Um, the but powders. it's yes, yeah. like your bulky. You know, yeah. bulking up. Yeah. Um, but since then, it's definitely changed. So it's now more of a mainstream. It targets the whole population. So with whey protein, there's been a lot of innovation going on. Um, you can find it in just powder mixes, beverages, um, bars, especially nutritional bars. And what you, I'm seeing is companies are offering different forms of whey protein, whether it makes them more digestible for you to mm-hmm. consume. Um, the neat thing about whey protein is it's not only offering nutritional benefits, it offers functionality benefits. That's true. So in bars, different whey proteins can help, you know, whether it's binding mm-hmm. or adding, keeping a softer texture oh, wow. in your bars. Um, 
It's just, it's a very versatile ingredient. It's, the flavor is neutral, so it's easy to, you know, play with. Um, here at the show at IFT, I've seen it just in some new, like, ideas, new products, like um, popsicles, oh, you know, wow. which you wouldn't think. Yeah. So it's adding that high, protein high, content. High protein popsicles? Yes, yeah, so it kind of makes eating popsicles yeah. healthy. <laughs> and um, so it just, it's a, so that's a very versatile ingredient. Um, so whey protein, obviously, is a big dairy protein. Yeah. Um, what proteins do you think are applicable to the baking industry? Um, whey for sure can be used in the baking industry for right. because it has functional properties as well as right. boosting your protein content. The only problem is it's whey, it's dairy. Right, it's a dairy. It's a dairy. Right, yeah. so if you're looking, and now the other big trend right now in the food industry are your alternative proteins, your plant-based proteins. Um, that stems from when if bakers are looking for a non-dairy Right, other than you know, soy, I think right. we got quite a bit, like right. pea protein, right. um, proteins, what other proteins? Yes, so soy and pea are yeah. big right now for plant proteins. Um, there are others that are, you know, continuing to grow, more research involved. Um, like on the show floor, there's a company who just introduced almond protein powder. Oh, wow, um, that's a good idea. And then Does there's, it give that taste? I think the taste is pretty neutral. So oh, I think depending, what's neat about all these companies are they can kind of work with their protein ingredient to neutralize the, the flavor, yeah. right? Because some can have like a bitter aftertaste. That's true. Um, yeah. But as innovation has continued, you just see that the ingredients just get better. You know, yeah. less aftertaste, less masking that you need to do. Um, so aside from that, there's um, beside almond protein hemp protein quinoa hemp based protein, protein. yes wow, so you can exciting. take the seeds um hemp is high in protein quinoa is high in protein that's true so you can extract the protein or you can take those seeds grind them into a powder so you get the protein plus like essential fatty acids or whatever else these seeds mm -hmm. are rich in it just depends on what you're looking for mm -hmm. um, rice protein is another big plant protein and the benefit there it's so is hard to imagine that rice is a good source of protein. Right. And it's, I think, is it lysine? I might double check that, but um, it might be lysine that rice is a good source of. But um, wow. but you have brown rice protein, you have white rice protein. Um, and the appeal for that is it's easily digestible rice protein and it's allergen free. There's not many rice allergies. Whereas with dairy, you could have a dairy allergy, wheat, That's you true. could have a gluten allergy. Um, and rice protein, there have been a couple of studies that show that it does help with muscle um, maintenance. Um, so uh, others are that are new, you know, they're not mass market yet, but there are like algae-based proteins. Wow, that's um, interesting. I'm just trying to think what else off the top of my head, but those are the main, like pea, pea protein is big. Any type of chickpea flour or chickpea protein, mm -hmm. um, different legumes. Mm -hmm. I think I just met someone today. He a offers few. a lupin protein, which is another bean, yeah. um, and uh, which is high in protein. So it's just you're finding these different pockets. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I don't think bakers have really used these 
in mm-hmm. big big goods yet. Right. But I think it's coming out. It will grow. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely you know starting in beverages. Obviously, you know that's a big area for them. Beverages, it'll push into bars, mm-hmm. um, snacks. So if you go to the natural products show, okay. um, you'll see a lot of like chips. You know, oh, yeah, um, chips right. and snacks, um, yeah, and you'll see a lot of innovation these, with yeah. pea protein. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it'll. I think it'll make its way. It's, you know, a lot of people right now they are wanting to add more plant-based foods to their diet. So it's not just because you're a vegan or you're a vegetarian. It's I'm still going to eat my meat, mm-hmm. but I can add more plant right. to my diet okay. without losing you know the meat aspect of it so that's the other push for plant proteins right now is just that people are trying to add a little bit more health to their diets and they also sound cleaner you know the big thing in the industry right now is clean labels simple labels so consumers will recognize pea on their ingredient statement they recognize rice flour they consider it natural and healthy yes it sounds sounds it's simple it's understandable that's true yeah so well thank you for coming on you're welcome thanks for having me (laughs) i hope you have a great time at the show thank you this episode was brought to you by delavoe food partners delavoe food product focuses on solving customers problems not selling them products This approach starts with a deep understanding of a customer's problem, desired outcome, and manufacturing environment. These inputs are then used to derive prototypes that are designed to work in that customer's process within their operating conditions and ultimately to address their performance needs. Visit delavaufood.com. That's D-E-L-A-V-A-U-F-O-O-D.com. Today to learn more. Hey listeners, before you go, one more thing. Please like, comment, and subscribe to Baked in Science. Till the next episode, bakers. Cheers to alternative proteins and the future of food. Oh.